Hello and welcome back to another episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. You're not hearing ghosts. It is me, Wyatt. I am back uh, after two week hiatus. I a little contract negotiation. I had a lockout. We had a we had a You Thought Sports lockout. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I was just on vacation, but I'm good to be. It's glad we to gave be Wyatt back. a pay cut too. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we are benevolent owners, Jared. Unlike <laughs> some of the others out there. Right. Um, in case it's your first time, again, I'm Wyatt, and this is Lucas, Aiden, uh, Jared, and Bart joining me. We're going to do some news that we missed, and a lot of news that I've missed over the course of two weeks, but Aaron Rodgers reportedly wants $50 million a year, making him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL by a wide margin. Any thoughts on that? It's ridiculous. It's way. ridiculous. It's yeah. like patently like absurd. Like... <laughs> Yeah, he's. It sounds like it feels like he's just strong arming the Packers right mm-hmm. now and trying to get them mm-hmm. to let him go. Because he also said that he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. And then mm-hmm. was like, okay, well, why don't you give me fifty million dollars? Well, we're forty-four million dollars over the cap right now, so <laughs> <laughs> make it work. And speaking of greedy, Kyler er- Murray is <laughs> looking mm-hmm. for a contract extension. His agent released a statement saying that he wants to be part of the Cardinals long term. So why don't you just give us one? Uh, and then he listed like a bunch of stats and Pro Bowls, and it was a really long message that looked like the Declaration of Independence. I didn't really <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was funny because they were like, "We think actions speak louder than words," <laughs> and then everybody was like, "Okay, so why did you write like a document?" It's <laughs> <laughs> a compelling point. Yeah, and, and in other Cardinals news, there was an extension to Cliffs Kingsbury and Steve Keim. Which is interesting, but you know, if yeah. they believe it, they'll be both signed till twenty twenty seven and we'll see what happens. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. And imagine the house that Cliff Kingsbury is gonna graduate into now that he has oh, yeah. Just uh, unbelievable. He was leasing he was <laughs> renting the old one. <laughs> Um, the Dolphins want to pair or wanted to pair Sean Payton and Tom Brady which this is just like one of those hilarious Dolphin stories (laughs) because apparently everybody in the Dolphins has these big dream ideas and they're all so smart and nothing and then nothing happens for them at all some of them wanted you know Justin Herbert before Justin Herbert was like the next big thing and oh apparently they wanted Deshaun Watson and you know they, they were all in on these other crazy ideas and they never follow through with them. So another, mm-hmm. like, I think Shad Khan, what's the guy's name? Who's no, that's the Jaguars Shad, owner. That's the Jaguars. I'm not sure what the Dolphins owner is. The, the Dolphins is. owner is living in La La Land right now. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Silver does not want players opting out of uh, teams and forcing their hands. Of course, this is the second time it happened. James Harden and Ben Simmons uh, both did it this year, and it's happened before in the past. Speaking of James, he impressed in his Sixers debut. <sighs> Uh, big text from Lucas. He looked a lot like Houston James Harden. Um, but we sure heard a lot about it in our, our podcast group <laughs> chat. From, from Lucas. Yeah. He he hit two step back threes where he got an and one and then made it. Like, I mean, come on. In the same game, he's playing great. They won, they've won back-to-back against the Knicks since. He's, average, he's averaging almost a triple-double at this point in his career with the Sixers. It could not be going better. You know what that step back three translates into? A second round exit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> we'll see, Jared. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty scared of a motivated James Harden, to be honest. Yeah. So. And on a team with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, who is apparently yeah. James Harden Jr. at this point. It's great. 
Yeah. And Tobias Harris. Don't forget Tobias Harris. Yeah. Uh, Russia, I, sometimes they're really good. <laughs> Russia, of course, is having a huge international uh, situation, I guess we can call it. Uh, but they're banned from all international sports, at least from soccer. I imagine a lot of other international sports will follow suit if they haven't already. Yeah. Understand. As is know. right. Yeah. Shout out to the sports that are actually banning them and not having them compete under like random flags and whatnot mm-hmm. or changing the name. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So good on soccer, at least for the moment, though. It seems like Russia is going to sue about this, <laughs> which is... On what grounds? Like court hears cases about that. I don't know. <laughs> it would probably be like the International Court of Justice, or like, and I'm like, I can't imagine. They have like, I, I would imagine they have more pressing issues than like Russia getting kicked out of FIFA yeah. at this point. So one would think, you know, yeah. one would think. I saw some joke that was like. If if FIFA, like one of the most corrupt organizations in the world, like has the moral high ground on you, that's that's not a good sign. No. Yeah. And what's the response gonna be? Like, oh, we invaded a country unprovoked. Like, that's like fine. Like, I don't like what are they gonna say? Like oh, but whatever. So we're gonna move into our first segment. NFL free agency is beginning or has begun. The combine is going on this week as we record. Players are available for trades, contract extensions, cuts, uh, all before the draft. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. We're going to talk about some of the possible, although unlikely, blockbuster cuts, trades, and additions that can happen so far in this offseason or this upcoming offseason. Lucas, why don't you start us off? All right. I'm going to stick with my hometown team for this one. A trade that's been rumored a little bit, but I don't know if it's... There's a high chance it comes to fruition, but I'm going to speak it into existence. And it's the Eagles trading for Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. Whoa! That is completely out of left field. Wow. No, no, no. People are talking about it all over Eagles Reddit. So, and some other more reputable organizations as well. But listen, are are the Eagles Wilson's most likely trade destination if he goes? No. He also said this week that he doesn't want to go east in relation to being traded to the commanders, but Such a whatever. Weird. Yeah, what <laughs> the heck? How, yeah. How could he go I don't west? Know. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a great point. <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, I think he is in the furthest west now. But San Francisco whatever. might be further west. I have to look at it. Yeah. So I guess that's the only option. <laughs> but anyway, do I think the Eagles are his most likely destination? No. But I do think the Eagles have reason to make the trade, and they also have the assets to get it done. I genuinely like Jalen Hurts, and I think he's a great guy that has the potential to be a good quarterback going forward. But will he ever have the arm that Russell Wilson does? Probably not. The Eagles showed last year that they could win and make the playoffs in spite of inconsistent quarterback play. I think they would take a huge leap if they were to replace Hurts with Wilson, at least in the short term. Winning in the NFL can be really fickle, as we all know, and you got to take advantage of your windows when you have them. And who knows what the Eagles roster is going to look like five years down the line when Hurts is hitting his prime. But you know now that you have a relatively solid roster that if you inserted, you know, a top 10 quarterback in the league into, would probably improve a lot. So if I'm the Eagles, then I might try and swing a move for Wilson, especially since, you know, there's a pretty good chance um, he wants out this offseason. Um, and they have the assets to get it done. So thanks in part to fleecing the Colts for in the Carson Wentz deal. The Eagles have three <laughs> first-round picks this year. Uh, and I would say you package two of them. And Hurts together. Maybe if the Seahawks want a little something extra, throw it in there too. And try and get Wilson out of it. The Seahawks currently aren't now in win-now mode. And two first-round picks this year would help them really rebuild. The Eagles are in more of a win-now mode so they can get the quarterback while 
uh, sort of mortgaging their future a little bit more. Wilson doesn't waste the twilight of his career on a losing team, and he gets another shot at a ring with a solid Eagles team. So I think it makes sense from both sides. I can mm. see it happening. And I think you can do it without having to give up a later pick in the middle rounds, like a second or third round pick this year or next year. Because apparently mm-hmm. there was rumors that Andre Dillard might be a trade piece. Uh, yeah, to the I saw that as, as well. well. So mm-hmm. it, it could be a possibility, or you just send Hurts. I think it would be fun to watch Hurts and Russell Wilson. They wouldn't be on the field at the same time, of course, but one would learn from the other and be good backup So uh, as Hurts. But yeah, yeah. he's, he's like Russell Wilson light. Pete Carroll yeah. might want him. Yeah, I could see it. Like, and if you could somehow get the deal done without shipping off Hurts, which I don't know is possible, like I think, like Wilson is one of the better people Hurts could learn from at this point. Right. So, never know. We'll get into it later. Russell Wilson was in, is involved with my move. Um, and so. mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're sending okay. Russell Wilson in east in every exactly. direction. Yeah. <laughs> then Aiden, where do you have Russell Wilson going? Yeah, so needless to say, I believe that Lucas is wrong. Um, <laughs> Understandable. I, I'm betting on Russell to the Bucks currently. Um, oh. I think that the Bucks will trade for a QB of some sort. I'm pretty convinced on that fact. Um, they obviously have a roster that can contend right now. They were injury riddled throughout this postseason, and yet they still lost. I think 30 to 27 to the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams um, in the playoffs. Um, so in order to keep this going, now that Tom Brady's gone, they got to bring in someone who's at least close to his caliber. Um, and there aren't a lot of options there. There's Aaron Rodgers and his 50 million, uh, which I don't think the but the Bucks uh, cap can handle. Um, but I think that the Bucks could, you know, attract Russell. Yes, it is far east. Um, yes, it's not the <laughs> New York market um, that he's, or, you know, super large market that he seems like um, he's attracted to. But it was good enough for Tom Brady. So maybe it's good enough for Russ. Um, I think he's going to go for, yeah, I think your package was pretty accurate, Lucas. I think, I think two first rounders and I think a second and a third potentially from the Bucks. Um, I don't see the Bucks like giving up much talent unless they give up, you know, like Kyle Trask or something like that to try to um, give some youth to the uh, Seahawks rebuild. Um, but anyway, maybe the Bucks don't want to mortgage their future um, on an aging QB who relies on his mobility. The jury's like a little bit still out on whether Russell's a great investment right now. Um, but it's hard to imagine them kind of wasting their current roster um, with, you know, an unknown in Kyle Trask especially when they've got talent. Um, and it seems like they could win now with a good QB. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the chances that he moves this all season are pretty high and like, mm-hmm. it's just going to be what team can sort of put together that like right package. That's the combination of picks. And like, I wonder how much veto power he'll have for like where he goes. I think he, he, does, he has a no trade. Yeah, he has a no trade clause. Okay, yeah. I know that. Okay, so a lot of veto power then. Yeah, <laughs> all of it. We'll be all of it. Though. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the Seahawks can fetch if there are a bunch of teams going after him. If it's you know the Eagles and the Bucks and whoever Jared has picked, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, Wyatt. Um. So I have Russell Wilson going. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have one that's gonna that's gonna surprise a lot of people, but it's gonna involve my de facto favorite team. The Colts trade Carson Wentz and two mm. first round picks for Derek Carr. Right. Oh my oh. gosh. 
Interesting. Another team fleeces the Colts. One first round pick is a thank you for taking Carson Wentz off the books. Okay. The other first round pick is for Derek Carr, uh, who's formidable, Mm -hmm. functional, and I think it would make them an automatic contender. The Raiders fans would probably be screaming, like crying, throwing up. You know, they're they're having like the worst day of their life when the ESPN notification pops up that Derek (laughs) Carr has been traded. But you know, and. But they have to know that the Raiders aren't just doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. Wentz can either be their starter quarterback if they want to try to have like a polarizing figure in the building. I know it's Vegas. You want to sell tickets. But you can also cut him for a $15 million cap release, and they can start mm-hmm. to do a quick little mini reboot. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's wrong for the Raiders to believe that they're close to winning a championship, and Derek Carr is might be on the book for like 39 you know, $40 million in the coming future. And if they sign Derek Carr, the the previous regime fumbled so many first-round picks over the last, like, three or four years, however long Gruden and Mayock were in there. The fact, like, now that they don't really, really have that much talent on the team outside of Carr, like, they have to get another wide receiver and they have to completely revamp their entire defense. Waller is really good. Um, you know, Ruggs was becoming a really good player, but he's gone. And if he was there, I probably wouldn't have. I've put this deal on, but the Raiders are farther off than I think. And I think the new regime should look to rebuild, kind of clear some money off the cap space, get two first round picks to kind of hopefully recover from the last regime. Okay. Yeah. I think that's pretty sound logic actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. This is also the same trade that the, that the Rams made for Matt Stafford. It was Jared Goff and two first round picks. Okay. Yeah. So, Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, should also have a shirt that says F them picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jared, where are you sending Russell Wilson? Or not? I think Russell Wilson remains a Seattle Seahawk for sure. And Seattle Okay, so everybody seems to think that Seattle is a rebuilding project. They went seven and ten, which is not terrible, and the year before they they won twelve games. Like Seattle's not a rebuilding project in my opinion. What they do do, I think though. Is they try to make they try to make Russ happy. I think they make a run at OBJ, but they don't get him. Obviously, he's probably not going to play like the majority of that first season, but he's still pretty talented. Hopefully, you think he can be good in like a couple, like his second or third year of the contract. So mine's a little less sexy, but I think they get Dalton Schultz uh, from the Cowboys, bring him into their tight end lineup right there, give Russ another good reliable weapon. Um. That's pretty much that's pretty much my move. I, I think my other move is I think the 49ers are going to make a really hard run at Chris Godwin and Odell Beckham Jr. as well. I feel like the 49ers, they don't have that much cap space, but they're a team that's going to be going all in in these next couple years, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are my two. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah um, I'm, I'm not convinced that the Seahawks are like going to get better at any point, um, but you are right that I don't know, they were 7-10, and 10, and three of those games, I think, were Geno Smith games. Um, yeah, at least. Definitely a least losing mm-hmm. record. Um, so, I don't know. With Russ, they could still make the playoffs. That's for sure with Russ. Yeah. Here's a hot Here's a hot Seattle one for you, Jared. What? They actually have pretty decent. I think I just, I just looked at it. I think it's $38 million. Yeah, they uh, have a lot of cap space. The 49ers have no cap space. They're negative $4 million. No, they have right $2 now. million last time I looked at Sparrow. <laughs> I'm looking at overthecap.com. They have to okay. Well, I see two million on Spotrac. <clears throat> oh. 
They can make some cuts, and the, the Seahawks I mean, are probably they, the Seahawks are probably going to re-sign Jimmy, a lot. They save twenty. Yeah, they save like so. twenty five million if they save, if they trade Jimmy G. So they want to build Trey um, Lance. Like they got Debo Samuel already, but I feel like if okay. if I'm if I'm a, a like a wide receiver or like any guy that's like what team is going to be like on the rise in the next couple of years, I think it's the 49ers. I think they're one of those organizations personally. Yeah. But obviously uh, Law Hinge o- is on Odell is on Odell is on a team that had risen already. They won the championship. I, I find it hard to believe <clears throat> that he'd leave. Uh hot take for the Seattle Seahawks. I think he would. They sign yeah. Stefan Gilmore. And Pete Carroll gets back to his roots. They get one of the five best corners in the NFL back. And hopefully they make another push. Their defense was awful. And Jamal Adams, the trade did not work out for them. No, it didn't. At all, really. I mean, trading two first-round picks and him just kind of blundering all over the field. He was fantastic in New York. And, you know, in Seattle, I just don't think it worked out so far. So maybe, you know, you, you throw some money at Stephon Gilmore and you just rebuild that defense. Bring back Jadavian Clowney. Um, Bart, <laughs> why don't you finish this off? What is your big move? Well, so I, I didn't do one specific. I just wrote down a lot of ideas. So I have a gauntlet. Let me just let me just hit on okay. some of the highlights here. You, you, you guys actually didn't take too many of what I had. I do have something with Russ <laughs> to continue this briefly. <laughs> one team nobody mentioned yet is the Dolphins. Uh, they have enough picks and they have Tua. I could see this trade happening. And it's also relevant because the Dolphins are flush with cash right now, and Allen Robinson is a free agent. Imagine if they traded for Russ and then signed Allen Robinson. That offense would go from 0 to 100 real quick. So that's something that kind of excites me. Um, I've talked about McCaffrey being on the decline recently. Saquon and or Christian McCaffrey getting traded wouldn't shock me either. Um, I was thinking if they win, it might go to a team with a, a quarterback who was a rookie this year, uh, like the Jags or the Jets, for instance, to try to help out their young quarterbacks. I know that the Jags did draft Etienne, uh, but it's it's just an idea. I, I think like both of those teams could afford it, and then they also kind of seem like teams that would be willing to spend for a running back, even though it may or may not be the smartest thing. So uh, that's another idea I had. And then I also wanted to call out some signings. I don't think anybody here – or wait, Jared, you did, right? Um but uh, Teron Armstead, PFF's number mm-hmm. one graded lineman, Bengals, match made yeah. in heaven, I think. Yep. That'll happen. Mm-hmm. And Jameis is a free agent. I don't know if – I kind of forgot yeah. about this. So one of the teams yeah. who lost the quarterback recently, like the Bucks we talked about, the Steelers, <clears throat> maybe the Browns if they feel like moving on from Baker. All of them would be fun spots <laughs> for Jameis. Yeah. That'd I want to see Jameis be the number one quarterback on a team for a whole season again. Yeah, after the, yeah me after too. After the eye surgery, he's, he was like actually decent. Yeah. So, and then one interesting one that I saw was Michael Thomas getting cut um, because Ooh. the Saints are dead last in cap space right now, mm-hmm. and it kind of just seems like their relationship is like just broken right now. It'd be shocking if they couldn't get a trade for him, but that would be that's one to keep an eye on this offseason for sure because that whole organization right now is kind of a question mark with Sean Payton retiring. So those were my my most interesting thing, ones left that y'all didn't already cover. Yeah. Uh, to elaborate off of that, just a couple. Of, Michael Thomas is linked to the Jaguars right now as a possible trade destination. I don't think it's going to cost them a whole lot. Maybe like a third round pick, which is fine. But like the Dolphins and the Bengals, the Jaguars are flush with cash right now. So they can afford to trade for it. They really got to develop Trevor Lawrence, you know, in the in the next year or two. And I think Michael Thomas, if he can come back to, to full health, would be a good a good fit. Along with, um, God, it literally just slipped my mind what I was about to Chris say. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, I don't see where he's linked to at all um, or anything like that. I think that there's a chance. I mean, he's not going to get tagged. 
But I think, what was I going to say? Deshaun Watson is linked to the Steelers right now. Um, mm. Carson Wentz is linked Kinda to the Steelers right now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> but Devontae Adams, Adams to the Jags. Calvin Ridley <laughs> is linked to the Dolphins at the moment. And the other one, Amari Cooper is linked to the Browns. There's a chance that Amari Cooper gets mm. traded off the Cowboys books and heads into the Browns since they don't mm. have a one, number one wide receiver anymore. Which is interesting. Okay. I had a couple yeah. options as well. Bart, go ahead. But I was just going to say, I also saw that the, the Browns might cut Jarvis, which is interesting to me. Mm. Yeah. Um, and go from OBJ and Jarvis to neither. Nothing. Uh, one season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that <laughs> That's bold. Yeah, sorry, what, what were you saying, Wyatt? I just had other other ideas out there that we you could have for some pretty very unlikely but blockbuster trades. Uh, I don't know how this would work on paper, but Ezekiel Elliott gets traded to the Baltimore Ravens for Marcus Peters. I mean, so maybe something like that. Why would um, the Ravens want that? Because they need running backs. They're, they're yeah, they just drafted offense. one. They just drafted one, though. Yeah, but I mean, And he got hurt in the first... You like, saw how, how much their their team fell off. I mean, how many running backs yeah. they lost over the last last year. Yeah, it's kind of flipped, They had to though, re-sign probably. some people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but, I mean, they're long shots anyway. And yeah. my list is gone, so I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what happened to it. I have no idea where my notes went. I thought I wrote more stuff down. Um, anyways, we're going to move on. We're going to go to another trade possibility. LeBron James. There's an internal strife between Rob Palinka and LeBron James. Some pundits like Colin Cowherd, who gets name-dropped on the show all the time, <laughs> suggest that the Lakers should actually trade LeBron James for a boatload of assets. So, Lucas, would this fix the Lakers' problems? Has LeBron-Lakers' partnership failed? All right, I'll start with the second question with the has the LeBron-Lakers partnership failed? And I don't think you can say that it's failed. They won a title, like, while he was there. Like, I think any sort of partnership that produces a title that wouldn't have otherwise, you have to consider a success in some way. Like, people can, like, degrade it and talk about, like, the Mickey Mouse title or whatever, but, like, they won. They, like, won, like, a championship (laughs) at that point. Um... That being said, while it's been a success to some extent, has it lived up to like the Lakers or LeBron's wildest expectations? I would say definitely not. They're currently in position for a playoff game. They lost in a playing game last year. They missed the playoffs in LeBron's first year. So it might be the case that like they missed the playoffs in three of the four years, um, and the only year that they made it, uh, they won a title. Uh, it also does seem kind of crazy, sort of side note, that like he's in year four with like, the Lakers at this point. Like It doesn't feel like it's been that long um but we've hashed out the reasons uh why this team isn't good before on the pod and i think it all boils down to this is that it's a poorly assembled roster um that would have been great in 2014 but it's now sort of full 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 of old past their prime players now um like again i can't stress enough how good a team of lebron anthony davis russell westbrook Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony would have been in like 10 years ago. But at this point, like I think everybody could see from like a million miles away, like this was not going to work out. So how then do you fix the Lakers problems? Getting to the main question. I don't think it's trading LeBron. Like Jared's favorite Colin Coward suggests. Um, Even though LeBron is old and probably can't carry a team like he did when he was like 25 to 30, he's still a top 10 player in the league. He's averaging 29, eight and six this year. Um, so I think then you have to somehow restructure the team around LeBron. And what does he need? He needs good young stars around him who can take the load off him 
unlike Anthony Davis, who is constantly injured and just, I think, overrated generally, and Westbrook, who is past his prime, it just does not add anything to that team and maybe even hurts it. So would I trade LeBron? No. But would I trade AD or Westbrook for some good young talent to make the roster deeper? I think I would absolutely make those moves. If you could swing either of those guys for a few young players, I think you can fix another huge issue that the Lakers have, which is depth. The roster is super thin and old and injured. And if you get young players, you beef up the roster numbers. You help LeBron out by just having like young players around him. I think to succeed, LeBron needs shooters around him. You've seen that whenever he's succeeded um, throughout his career. He had Ray Allen in Miami. Uh, he had Kyrie, JR, maybe even you know Kevin Love, which a decent shooter for his position in Cleveland. Um, so at the end of the day, I think the move is to either trade AD or Russ for some good young talent uh, who won't get hurt. And I think that fixes the Lakers' problems somewhat in the short term. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it hasn't failed because they won a championship. And the Laker, or LeBron James has won a championship on every single stop of his career minus his first thing in Cleveland. <clears throat> he goes to Miami, they win a championship. He goes back to Cleveland, they win a championship. He goes to the Lakers, they win a championship. And the only reason you trade LeBron to acquire a lot of assets is to become a contender, which mm-hmm. they technically already are right now because they have LeBron James. I understand that the Westbrook trade failed, but does anybody remember how bad the Lakers were before LeBron James? They had tons of assets then. They traded them away for Anthony Davis. But what did they do with those assets? Were those guys at any point close to becoming a contending team? What about Cleveland when LeBron James left Cleveland for the first time? They had three number one overall picks. Andrew Wiggins just made his first all-star team this year. Anthony Bennett doesn't even play in the league right now. And Kyrie Irving is the biggest at headache in the league so far. But he was a good guy. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, these teams want assets. I mean, like, if LeBron James was traded for assets, I don't believe that the, a team or Rob Palenka would be able to turn that into a contender, especially with the same Lakers ownership. Like, they, they had assets before, and now their asset is Anthony Davis. So when LeBron James leaves, they can find a p- another player to play alongside Anthony Davis. However you feel about him, when he's at his best, he's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. So assets my ass. I mean, they're the Lakers. Anthony Davis is the asset. They, they'll find somebody to sign to them. It, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the sentiment that, you know, I know that the Westbrook trade failed, but, like, what else are you going to do? Be a bottom feeder again? Yeah, yeah, but so I, is LeBron is LeBron going to let the GMs do their job and and play with young players? Because he's he's pretty much historically been unwilling to do that. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's the question of like, how do you fix the Lakers? And like, I think that the answer is for LeBron to like relinquish a little bit of control in this situation. I don't know. Aiden, you were going to say something. I don't know. I'm just not convinced that the Lakers are fixable at the moment. They're like, Me look neither. at their roster. Who is worth keeping? Besides LeBron, like, I mean, Anthony <laughs> I think Davis no, when no. he's healthy, like the roster is so get bad. Rid of Anthony Davis. I think at some point, like you like cut your losses and yeah, assets are kind of hit or miss, but there are plenty of times where assets work out. I mean, like look at what Ja has done to Memphis. Like I, I just think that like, I really don't see LeBron's under contract for one more year. Correct. After this, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I highly doubt in the next, you know, the two championships, um, until then, that the Lakers will approach them, like be close to it. 
So if they're not going to, then like, why not? Like they could get assets for LeBron right now, serious assets. Um, obviously the trade deadline is passed, but like over the summer or next year, I really don't think that's a bad move um, in my book. I just think they're too far gone. There's not a lot of hope. Um, I don't think this has been a failure. I agree with everyone else on that. I don't, I think a championship is worth a lot. Um, but at this point, I don't know if it's worth continuing. Do you think a championship is worth the same for the Lakers though, as it is for question. the yeah. freaking the Suns who probably, have they ever yeah. won one? I'm not sure if they have. Or the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like the Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, if it's been a success, like very, barely a success in my opinion. You don't you don't like have the best player in the world and the Laker and on the Lakers and you miss the playoffs like three out of the four years. Okay, well I if you count the play in game. Yeah. Two out of the four years. Yeah. They'll probably miss it this I, year. Yeah. I do think you're right though that like Lakers fans aren't gonna view this as I don't know. Like they're not it's not gonna be an overwhelming success. Whereas yeah, LeBron wasn't... coming back to the Cavs, I feel like would be viewed as an overwhelming success. Right. Even though he got, got one yeah, championship out of that. That's like, a success. Yeah. Hundred percent. But the Lakers, I don't know about that. Um, and I don't, th- I don't know. What do you think about this? Colin Coward stealing this from him. He was like, "There's not gonna be any backlash from Lakers fans if you trade LeBron because he's not like a Laker. He's just a famous per- another famous person in LA." I, I couldn't disagree more th- yeah. with that. Like, yeah. I think that that like people actually. people who are basketball really fans don't. and you have LeBron James on your team. Like, I think that like trading and him you're the away, seed. Like, but <laughs> or whatever you are, what is yeah, it doing you- for you? You're getting objectively worse, like if you trade away LeBron. Anybody who watches basketball, I feel like, would recognize that. Yeah, but from like a loyalty, I'm assuming the comment is somewhat about like the love and connection to the player. And LeBron, like, this is not what everyone will connect with LeBron for the rest of his, you know, his legacy and whatnot. Whereas, like, if they trade away Kobe or something like that, that would have been a huge deal. Yeah, but Kobe um, was drafted like, by the Lakers. Come on. Like, that's not that's what we're talking about. That's exactly what we're talking about. It's comparing apples and oranges, yeah. I feel like. I don't no, know. but that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's that's, there's yeah. the difference between a, a guy that a franchise has a serious connection to and the fans have, like, had a, like, legit relationship with. And LeBron, he's been here for a couple of years. but So was Kareem like, Abdul-Jabbar not a Laker? Yeah. I mean, how many championships but, did he win with the league? Hold on. Do you remember? Do you remember Wilt? Do you remember Wilt Chamberlain as a Laker? Half your hand, I think. I do. No, you don't. What do you remember him as, Jared? (laughs) When you watch Wilt Chamberlain, what do you remember him as? (laughs) Yeah, Jared. Name the other teams Wilt played for. Name all of them. Wasn't it Was it the Bucks? (laughs) Wasn't it the Bucks? I can see typing in your computer. (laughs) He played for the Warriors and he played for the Sixers. Yeah, you remember him as a Warrior. Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly. So you don't remember the Lakers. <laughs> Laker. Laker. Yeah, you're like, exactly. remember this guy? That's the point, though. Nobody cares, no, no. nobody cares about, like, that. they don't have an identity with that team if you're there in their twilight. No, but you, you don't. I think you just proved your own point wrong, Jared. You're like, you're like, remember this player? He played for the Lakers. Oh, I can't remember anybody else he played okay, for, but he only but played for, there for the last four years. The Lakers. Like, I feel one. Like, oh, okay. Won one title with the okay. Lakers Fair. and it's played there for four three. years. It's a, it's a near identical scenario. Green won five. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah, crazy. But the only thing over is magic. Okay, but here, but here's a serious question. Who is going to dump a, bo- a boatload of assets 
for Le- for an aging LeBron James on a one year. Everybody, because you he's, he has plenty said, of teams. He has said if you are not drafting my son, I won't play for you. <laughs> like there's gonna be a point where Le- like everybody knows. Yeah, LeBron but that's James in 2024. Leaves, unless the Orlando Magic trade like all of their picks or whatever, because they'll probably just be terrible anyway. But I mean, like <laughs> the Thunder, hold on to that one pick that his son, <laughs> the Wizards, his son will be in. You'd have to get him to sign an extension, right? Because otherwise, a one-year rental. Like, but he would say no. Can't be worth it. Why, right. So that's. He? So why would a team yeah. trade him for one year? Why would a team trade? I mean, even if the Lakers wanted to trade LeBron James, they couldn't. Well, you guys just said you guys just said that getting one championship is, that, is a success. So I would take that rental. I mean, okay. Also, I guess what a, which which team that is in borderline win now mode would make that trade that has the assets. Because, like, the yes. Lakers, I mean, what I'm not sure about is how much do you think the Lakers think LeBron is worth, like, asset-wise? How much should they be getting for him, and where would they actually accept the deal, given that he's 37, but still, like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that him walking. Yeah. Like, it's... Well, well right, and also, Bronny, the question Bronny is, Bronny is several years away, right? Like, Bronny is not... He's a next junior year in high school. Because he's still got to go through his senior year, like, his one other year, and then, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's... So he's going to be a 2024. So I'm assuming draft, LeBron, right? whoever he goes to, assuming it would be like a year and a half mm-hmm. or two years, depending on whether it's a summer or a trade deadline deal. If I wanted LeBron, I would just do whatever it took to get the number one overall pick the year his son is in. And I would draft his son. <laughs> no, you like, wouldn't. You, no, you know, that's do you think terrible. There are already teams that angling terrible. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah do you, do you yeah. think it's a worthwhile investment because Absolutely. you are de facto... <laughs> Yeah, drafting a 39-year-old LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron James and his son. You trade away everybody else, and you're like, okay, we're going to win a championship this year. How good actually is Bronny? Like, is he? No, he he's, was, he's like a quote-unquote second-round talent, apparently. That's yeah. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban literally had like a quote where he's like, I'm not burning the second-round pick on, yeah, okay. oh, on wow. Bronny. But like, like a, a team could totally pick school? him. Like, yeah, a team that's like yeah. not in rebuild mode could then potentially pick him. And not right. mm-hmm. you know, right. like a you know, fifteenth, sixteenth pick in the draft. But anyway. mm-hmm. LeBron would be forty by then. Like he's break yeah. say what you want, yeah. he's gonna break down. He already has. He already has. He already has. This yeah, is I, mean, I think be like this year and this year and last have proven it was I think like the the bubble title was like the last gasp of like LeBron yeah. James as LeBron James. Well, yeah. I guess it's like a winning championships. It is kind of a Mickey Mouse championship. I don't know. I'm not sure if they would have won that without the the break, but whatever. Maybe not. Yeah. We'll never know. Guess we'll never know. Mm-hmm. If the Lakers <laughs> want to make a move down the road, they can just trade Anthony Davis for like uh, Jalen Brown on the Celtics because <coughs> they wanted Anthony Davis in the first place. So mm-hmm. that's just an option. <laughs> Who knows? <clears throat> Anyways, we're gonna move on to NBA power rankings. Trades have been made. Uh, some players have played for their new teams. Some have not. Ben Simmons. Uh, All-Star break is over. <laughs> Who are the best teams in the final stretch of basketball? Jared, number one overall. I'm sticking with the Phoenix Suns uh, from last time. They still have the best record in the NBA. Their grip on the top spot, though, is not as strong, obviously, as it was last time we did the rankings. Without Chris Paul, they're so far one and two since the All-Star break. But I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and some time to get that rotation going and for Devin Booker to adjust to, no, to a new role. That being said, talking kind of about LeBron, I think... And apparently, like, the final ratings or whatever, like, were the worst without LeBron, but I think the NBA is way more exciting right now than it was with a LeBron-led team in whatever conference he was, personally. Number one, Suns. Number two, Wyatt, what do you say? 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls. And I wanted to be able to say... <laughs> what? That's way too high. <laughs> that is galaxy brain. Why not? That is, that is, That's they fair. Have the number two, they have the number two overall record in the in the Eastern Conference. And the reason why I didn't put the Heat over there... <laughs> the reason why I didn't put the Heat over there is because they have a legitimate MVP candidate. Maybe the MVP frontrunner on, on a given night uh, in DeMar DeRozan. And I think that that's fair to put them in there. I mean... They have battled some injuries, and they can still say that with the their chin held high that they're the number two overall seed in the Eastern Conference. I think that they're going to end the year with the number one overall seed. Uh, they're going to do. I mean, they're a really good team. Uh, there's not much else to say. I think the MVP consideration puts them over the top for me. Dude, they're zero and seven against teams that have better records than them at the moment. And they're second in the uh, East. Why well, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I, I didn't even have them in my top nine. I, yeah. <laughs> this is wild. We'll say. All right. I was right about the Bulls before the season. I can be right about the Bulls right <laughs> this now. It's gonna be the Colts okay. all over anyway. Yeah, it's gonna be the I was right about the yeah, Suns last year. I have a right to, I, I got a I got a good point. Okay. Bart all right. There you go, man. Who's worse um, than the Suns? Or the Bulls? Who's worse? <laughs> I don't know about all that. I'm going to not steal the Celtics from Aiden this time. I'm going to go with the Grizzlies, I think. Yeah, Were they two last time? Um, yeah, I think so. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're just, like, they're just so good. They're exactly sixth in both offensive and defensive rating over the past 15 games. One of just three teams that's well-rounded enough to be top ten in both. Ja, over the last 15 games, leads the league in points per game. He's putting up an absurd 33.9. Jaron Jackson, I think, is fourth over that span in blocks. So he's also like a ridiculously good defender, which I didn't realize. Um, and it's also interesting because they picked up the pace. They are fifth in the league in pace over the past 15 games. So they're, I think they're doing this to try to kind of cater more towards Jaws, like reckless drive towards the rim with all abandoned um, play style, but it's helping clearly. They don't have a ton of recent like impressive wins, just the Bulls who we have recently discussed and may or may not agree on being good about. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know. They're like statistically the Grizzlies are just like killing it right now. So I'm going to go with them at three. Aiden. Who are you taking up? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna let Lucas have his team at five. Uh, so I'm going with oh. the Heat. Uh, I think we might have a yeah, we might have a East dominated top five. Uh, but yeah, the Heat had four straight wins until a real close loss to the Bucks tonight. Uh, but they've won nine of their last eleven um, since Bam came back. They've been legit. Bam is averaging like almost 23 a game and 11 rebounds. Um, he's the reason they're on top of the East um, and like the whole squad, which is hasn't really been on the floor together for a whole lot of time this year, despite their great record, like Tyler Harrow, like finally having, having the sophomore season that he didn't have last year. Um, they've, they've looked great. They beat up on the bulls on Monday. So <laughs> I think they're, they're Kings of the East. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, they're my, my fourth pick. <laughs> Man. I mean, yeah, I you alluded to it, Aiden. I thought the Sixers were going to be off the board at this point. I didn't prepare as many notes because I thought, yeah, I think they're like at this point they're like clearly the favorites in the East. Like I, I think they're better than the Bulls. I think they're better than the Heat. I think like the Heat have played really well, but I think they're the and I think yeah, the the favorites in the East, like um, the Grizzlies. They're also top ten in both offensive and defensive rating. Weirdly though, not top ten in net rating. Um, when it comes down to it, but yeah, again, uh, there's a term for that. Oh, look it up. Let me know. Uh, yeah, because I think they're ninth in defensive rating and tenth in offensive rating, and then eleventh in net rating. But overall, they're playing really well. Joel Embiid was already playing in MVP form. We talked about the Bulls having an MVP contender. I think 
Embiid is the MVP contender at this point. It's down to him or Jokic at this point. Having one of the top two players in the NBA on your team will always help. And not only that, uh, since we did our last power rankings, James Harden has made an appearance. Um, And I think even his first three games have proven um, that all the galaxy brain takes from people like Stephen A. Smith and others about how the Sixers lost this trade have been just patently false. He already has more threes in his career for the Sixers than Ben Simmons does. So I thought he did He tied it after one game. He had five in the first hilarious. game, and Ben had five oh, always. Man. He's averaging 25-plus points, 10-plus rebounds a game. He's had a triple-double. He almost had another triple-double in the second game of the Knicks against the Knicks. And the team is really just like flowing through him perfectly. His passing's been great. He's really elevated Maxi's game too. Maxi's played out of his mind in the games too, averaging more than 20 since Harden came. They look near unstoppable when things are going well, and I think you have to count them as the favorites in the East. Uh, I did look it up. It's called Simpsons Paradox. FYI. <laughs> oh, very cool. <laughs> Noted for the future. The, the example I remember seeing was that Aaron Donald led in single team pass rush rate and double team pass rush rate but tj watt was better in overall pass rush rate it's funny the reason being that aaron donald gets doubled so often very interesting stuff anyway that's really cool i digress yeah (laughs) anyway the the sixth pick here I know Bart, at least, will be mad that I'm picking this team over no. another team. I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks, though. Oh, I was wait. skeptical. No, you're. Oh, I think yeah. you're going to be mad. I think you're going to think that I should have picked another team in the West. But I'm going with the Mavericks. I was skeptical of the Porzingis trade last time we talked about it. Aiden, Aiden said, like, no. I don't think this makes the Mavericks better. I said the Wizards won that trade. No. But actually, the day they traded Porzingis, for example, Luca put up 51. Part, mm-hmm. Partly because it was the Clippers, let's be honest, but... Five and two since the Porzingis trade. They did lose to the Jazz. I get that. And they did lose to the Clippers like the next night. But Spencer Dinwiddie has actually played really well since the trade. Um, the Mavericks are really good with him on the floor. They average 116 points per 100 possessions. And he scored 24 points in a game in their comeback win against the Warriors. He's averaging more points right now than he did before the trade. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I like the Mavericks, what they're doing. I, I don't know if they're still... The most well-constructed team out there, but they're on they're on a, a heater right now. So I'm going the Mavericks at six. Yeah, even Davis Bertans has been he's been shooting like 40 yeah. percent from three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wrote in my notes that he's like reclaimed his like pre-big contract form where he's like actually playing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. On the Wizards, he was like one of the most inefficient players in the league this year, but uh-huh. it's just like uh, turning around. So yep, so far definitely wrong about that trade. Yeah, yeah. Seven Wyatt. You gonna put like the magic in there or something? Have the Bucks been mentioned yet? (laughs) Nope. No, they're not. Because I think I mean Giannis is probably the defensive player of the year, runner up, and Rudy Gobert has been good. I'm I'm sick of I don't even want to talk about. I'm sick of Rudy Gobert winning defensive players of the year. (laughs) I think Giannis Giannis should win it this year, and the Bucks are just the Bucks. I think they're a talented team. Not much to say. Yeah, I think like especially once the injury situation resolves with Connaughton and Lopez, like they'll be. Yeah. competitive yeah. at the very least in the east bart number wow eight. i am shocked shocked <laughs> that the celtics are here i feel like i talk about the celtics all the time celtics according to some ways of looking at it aka my ways are the <laughs> second best team in the league right now 
based on how well they've been playing recently. This is crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. They are, I think they're 12 and three in their past 15. They're first mm-hmm. in net rating. They are mm-hmm. far and away the best defensive team in the league right now. They're five points ahead of the Heat, second place team, in defensive rating over the past 15 games. For context, that's like about as far as the Heat are from, I think it's like the Magic at 18. So they're playing, they're playing insane defense right now. They've got five separate guys in the top 10 in plus minus. I don't even, I didn't even bother listing them out because it's too many people. Uh, and then, like, yeah, I mean, they're just so good. Jason Tatum is still doing really well. He's shooting like 20, he's scoring 25 points a game, although he's not shooting super efficiently, but clearly he doesn't need to be. They did lose Jalen Brown to like an ankle roll the other night. Um, and he's not supposed to be out for super long, but we'll have to monitor that because that might kind of screw up their defensive chemistry a little bit. But nonetheless, they have some solid wins over Lucas' Sixers, over my beloved mm-hmm. Nuggets recently. Mm-hmm. They're just really hot right now. I, I'm actually shocked again. That Didn't mention the Bulls, though. Yeah, they have not. Anyways, Aiden, what do you got at nine? Um, I think I'm going to continue the Warriors free fall and say the Jazz, who I think Wyatt you oh. alluded to. Uh, they won nine of ten. They're hot. Donovan hey, Mitchell's been great since he came back. I wanted back. to pick that Jazz. I, I really know. I know the jazz. the jazz are boring, and every year, you know, they're gonna be a first or second round exit. But I believe at the moment that they seem like they could do something. Out of the All Star break, they they beat the Mavs and the Suns, so two of the top teams in the West. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the one. Um, they look a heck of a lot hotter than the Warriors right now. Lucas finish it off. They have Gobert and Whiteside both in like the top six in blocks per game recently. It's like their defense is. That's crazy. Yeah. And what's crazy too is they also have the best offensive rating of any team in the league, too. Second best net rating. Sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. See, I'm going to let the. the, the Warriors drop all the way out of the top ten. Oh, I'm gonna, wow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they have been unquestionably excellent recently. They won six straight um, before a loss to the Thunder uh, tonight. They have <laughs> yeah. really, good- good <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, they have really good wins over the Warriors. Who part of the reason why I picked them over the Warriors and uh, over the Raptors as well. Jokic is. Jokic is Jokic. Like, I don't know what else you can say at this point. He and Embiid, like I mentioned before, two league MVP contenders playing great. Um, they've sort of recovered from midseason slump. And that, not only that, but they're getting really healthy as well. Um, apparently, both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are scheduled to come back during at some time during March. So add that to all the momentum they've accumulated. They've been playing really well. So I think the Nuggets deserve a spot in the top 10. So just to recap, we got Suns at one, Bulls, Memphis, Heat, Sixers, Mavericks, Bucks, Celtics, Jazz, and the Nuggets to finish out our top ten. My favorite thing to do with power rankings is to create to have my emotional ties completely ruin the rest of the standings for everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Like when we had the Colts as like the number two (laughs) team one week or something. the highest I want to say they were three is like that was what you guys gave me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you were making the outline on the power rankings episode, you had to like, all right, where's White gonna put the Colts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I I can acknowledge that the Bulls might have been a little high, but you know I like them and I picked them. And I also, by the way, picking the Bulls this year, I picked the Suns last year, and I picked the Heat two years ago. So, <laughs> okay. Look pretty good. Sta- build the statue, Chicago. 
Somebody who's not getting a statue built after them is Rob Manfred. (laughs) (laughs) The MLB is going through a lockout, the second lockout under Manfred's watch. There's been plenty of controversy and shortcomings during Manfred's terms, like the cheating scandals, uh, dip in popularity, lockouts, things like that. So, Aiden, is Manfred going to be good enough to keep baseball afloat going forward? No. Um, and I know a lot of people have feelings <laughs> on this, uh, especially Lucas. Uh, but uh, no. Um, and the problem is that he's not going anywhere because he's, you know, the owners are the ones who decide, the MLB commissioner, the ones who decide whether to extend the contract to elect someone in the first place. Um, but Manfred has made it abundantly clear that he works for them. Um, like, he was before being commissioner, he was a labor relations lawyer for the league. During the last MLB work stoppage in 1994, he was outside counsel for the MLB owners. Um, and over and over, he just shows that that's all he cares about. Um, like back in December when the lockout started, he had a quote about how investing in a baseball team um, was like a way worse investment than investing in the stock market, which is just <laughs> blatantly false and blatantly trying to make the owners seem like they're, you know, oh no, they don't have money. Um, but like, it's absolutely ridiculous. MLB team valuations, even if like MLB's like ratings and stuff are down to some degree, um, the valuations are way up. Like in terms of sales we've seen in the past couple of years, we saw the Royals were bought for, I think, 96 million in 2000, were sold for a billion in 2020. Um, the Marlins bought for 158 million in 2002, were sold for 1.2 billion in 2017. Those are far better returns than what you get from, say, like the SP 500. Um, and teams aren't required to report their like financial earnings. Um, but a couple of months ago, like the Braves' financial earnings were released because they're part of a publicly traded company. Um, and yes, the Braves did win the World Series last year. So they're like a better than average team. Um, mm-hmm. But they had $526 million in baseball revenue um, and $111 million profit when their payroll was $148 million. Um, so just 28% of their revenue was going towards player salaries <coughs> and they made a hundred ten plus million dollar profit um which is lucrative like that's it's hard to argue that's anything other than than lucrative at the moment um and yet manfred is obviously trying to downplay it um revenue is up but average player salary has been going down for the last three years um so the owners have been very transparent this whole time they're not like it's been clear that they don't want to get a deal done the, the lockout was declared in December. They didn't next present a deal to the league um, for like 43 days um, after the lockout started. Um, obviously, as the season gets closer, they get more leverage. Um, you know, players start to complain to some degree maybe about or putting pressure on the union as they start to not get paid. Um, and uh, like on the and aside, the owners' propositions are dumb. Like the expanding baseball playoffs to 14 teams is just... It's going to make a super long regular season not matter as much. Um, the players want pretty common sense things like a DH for both leagues, to some, which the owners want, but they're going to hold as, you know, um, hold captive. A draft lottery, higher minimum salaries, um, higher um, a higher cap for like when the uh, tax starts, the luxury tax starts. Um, but anyway, I think the thing about Manfred is that just he doesn't seem to actually like baseball. It seems like a business to him. Um and I think the way to, I think it's ridiculous that the commissioner, it shouldn't be the owners and commissioner versus like the players. Um, I feel like the commissioner should be someone that is, that both the players and the owners mm-hmm. have some, um, you know, part in picking. 
because I feel like they should be kind of the middle ground here. The league should want what's best for everyone. Should want what's best for those with the money who are um, buying stadiums and whatnot or spending money on that kind of stuff. And for the players. And at the moment, it's clearly just, you know, they're on the owner's side. Um, and it's, yeah, that's what has led to where we're at at the moment, I think. Yeah. It's brutal. Like, the fact that, like, this is such, like, it, it seems to be, like, an owner's-led lockout. Like, the fact that they're just, like, not giving anything is just so frustrating. I saw a quote from Jeff Passan, the ESPN baseball writer, that was, like, there are about 1,200 players in MLB. If you have them not play and replace them with the 1,200 next best baseball players in the world, it would be considerably worse product. If you just picked 30, the 30 best business people in the world and replaced like all 30 MLB owners, like the product would improve. And like that alone <laughs> sort of like shows you who in fact should have like leverage in this situation. And it's just like frustrating. Like, this isn't, I guess, exactly the specific to- topic we're talking about, but it's when I went off on the group chat and I, I do want to briefly mention it. It's just like this fight always, like, I feel like unfairly gets like construed as like, well, it's just like millionaires versus billionaires and are all just rich people. But it's like there are levels to this. And like baseball, like Aiden mentioned, for like all those reasons, is a huge, huge, huge business. And the owners are just screwing over the players who are like generating all the value out of what is happening like in like you mentioned the Braves I think what 28% of their payroll or their profit was went to payroll the MLB averages roughly 39% and in the other major sports um, it's over 40% and that's guaranteed in their collective bargaining agreements like baseball players specifically are getting like much less of a share of the revenue than other um, players in other sports and it's just like I don't know I feel like people cast them as like they're just greedy and not, but the like that extra, all the money baseball is generating has to go somewhere. And the choice comes down to, do you give it to the players that extra money or do you give it to the owners? And I think time and time again, they, what's happened is they've chipped away at the players share of the pie and added it to the owners. And it's a largely because I think like, and you said like Manfred takes the side of the owners at every single stage. And it just sort of like reached a point of no return where like the players are like, we're not going to take this anymore. And I hope they win and I hope they get their demands, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And it's interesting because like you, like we see the ESPN headlines about players getting huge contracts. Like those are the things that are super mm-hmm. publicized. Um, whereas like the owners, you know, making some kind of ridiculous profit or whatnot, like mm-hmm. obviously is not as large print um, kind of stuff mm-hmm. for, you know, cause it's not as interesting to some degree yeah but that definitely i feel like you know informs the the fact that a lot of people are um like oh the players are making enough already so like what's what's the problem here um mm-hmm. yeah yeah I and i also I'm, feel like go ahead bart i was just gonna say i feel like there's one is it is the stat that i saw that at least half of the players name will be make beneath a million dollars yeah. uh so it's like completely skewed by those by those big big dogs that you were mentioning Aiden, and people yep. don't realize that yep. I mean, you mentioned this earlier, right, with the stat about the average salary decreasing. So, yeah, it's just—it's yeah. not. Sorry, Jared, what were you saying? Yeah. I was just going to say it's never – that the stuff kind of even does spill onto the field during the game where you see, like, the lack of respect that players have for the commissioner. <laughs> when you look at the reaction to the Astros cheating scandal and essentially players, like, kind of enacting, like, vigilante justice because, like, the league didn't do anything. So, like, they got in brawls. Mm-hmm. They hit Astros yeah. players, stuff like that. 
um, I think is like it shows how <laughs> like a real um, disrespect for the commissioner can like influence how the game itself yeah. is run, even when we do get games back on the diamond. Um, and the players, like, in terms of, like, the PR of it, all, a lot of the consistent messaging from what I have seen has been, like, we owe a good CBA to the next generation of players or whatever. Like, a lot of the stars are saying this. Like, the people, like Mike Trout, who's already getting paid a lot of money, he's like, this is about owing it for the next generation of baseball players, not for me. And I think that's a good message to, to get out there. Yeah. Well... Also, to Bart's point, I looked at the exact stats. So, sixty-five percent of MLB players have a salary of less than one million per year, and forty point six percent of MLB players have lifetime earnings of less than a million. Just crazy. Like if you add up all their salaries ever, forty point six percent have made less than one million dollars in their career. Right, because baseball is a sport where you go up and down. Like there are plenty of guys mm-hmm. who kind of just take the bus between the minors and the majors, and you know aren't gonna yeah. make it huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if like you can't live off that for the rest of your life, like if your career is over at thirty, like you just can't sit on that. So like if you're in an industry that's generating billions upon billions of billions of dollars, mm-hmm. like I, I would also fight for the ability to like get a share of that that would allow me to live comfortably for the rest of my life. I just think at the yeah. end of the day, baseball is boring. So <laughs> in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that's going to do it for us today. Um, please, as always, like or subscribe on every single social media you can track down. Um, Twitter, at YouThoughtSport, on Instagram, TikTok. Um, we're on everything. Please follow and uh, please be back next week. I'm sure we'll have plenty more NBA talk, maybe some more NFL offseason. Probably not some more baseball. Um, maybe if you tune in another we hit know, our month quota and a half, two months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll be back to baseball. Um, but but anyway, thanks for listening. Bye.